Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I'm C.L. Bryan, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build a bridge every day, uh, all of our friends. And, hey, Times Square is beginning to wake up again, even though cautiously. But if you're traveling, if you're going past um, iconic um, Ripley's Believe It or Not, look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does uh, pop up there on the billboard. No C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square. Certainly do appreciate all of you for making our show coast-to-coast as popular as it has. Our guest in the last hour was uh, professor and lawyer extraordinaire, outspoken American voice on China, Gordon Chang was our guest and uh, someone who I really have just as much, even more respect for, uh, is on with me now. And uh, he has done extensive work with American Israeli Public Affairs Committee. And what that is dedicated to doing is uh, strengthening and promoting, protecting United and uh, United States and Israel Israeli uh, relationships. Help me welcome back to the show my good buddy, Pastor Tim Carskadden. How are you, man? I'm doing good. It's great to be on your show, CL. Tim, it's great to have you here, and hopefully, I see you soon coming. Uh, back toward home there uh, real soon but let me uh, let me ask you this question here we are looking at the second anniversary of the capital of Jerusalem being moved why was that a good move on this president's part talk to us about that well I think you know President Trump and his, uh, his whole committee on his endeavors with Israel recognized that was always going to be a stumbling block number one to any Agreement of the of the Palestinians and the Israeli Jews working together, and it's almost like he short circuited it and moved it. But we know, you know, I'm a pastor and I know you minister as well. I mean, it's huge because it is a historical capital that has a longest history probably of any capital in the world as being the capital of the land of Israel. So the fact that a president of our nature, of our statue of President Trump made the historic move of doing that it set a precedence and little by little we are starting to see other nations begin to talk about it some of them are doing it now moving their capitals to jerusalem the eternal capital of israel and i think he just did what was only the the right thing to do he just took the unprecedented step of doing it as you know our government passed that law back in the 90s for that to occur 
And no president up until President Trump had the courage to fulfill the law that had already been passed. So we honor him. And obviously that changed the landscape of Israel and to move things along politically, economically. Many things started moving when he made that choice and we couldn't have been any happier, you know, for what he did. Even I, I you know, I work with APAC, like you said, and then I'm on the National Council and we celebrated that as an organization. And it's a secular organization, a Jewish organization. I'm not Jewish, but I'm in it as a Christian. But they celebrated that endeavor by the president. And I think it endeared them to many of the Jewish people in the world as well as in America. Absolutely. Uh, my special guest is Pastor Tim Koskatton, uh, APAC, uh, American Israeli Public Affairs Committee, is my guest. Tim, tell people how to get in touch with you. Give your website and tell us how to get in touch with you and how uh, we can be of assistance to you and APAC if we're so inclined. Thank you, uh, TL. You can just go to our website, ChristianCenterSupport.com, and uh, we have all our information there. You can emails. You can contact, contact us that way. ChristianCentersShreveport.com. Is that it? That's it. it. That's it. ChristianCentersShreveport.com. Tim Korsgadden. Tim, uh, let's uh, resume our conversation uh, with this. When we look at the election cycle that has happened and just uh, recycled itself in Israel, uh, can you give uh, our audience some type of insight of the way that government is formed there? And uh, uh, is uh, Benjamin Netanyahu now in control of the government? Uh, he's been a friend to all of us here in this country, a friend of the president. I've met him. Great uh, man. Uh, talk to us about the Israeli government and relationship to America. Yeah, and it is a very confusing government, the way it's structured. I've sat in seminars and tried to learn it, and the, I think the more they talk, the more confusing it becomes. Basically, it's a coalition uh, government. You have different parties, anywhere 20, 30 different parties, and you have to create a coalition of a majority vote of the 120 members of Knesset. And once you cross that barrier, the 61 barrier, you can form a government. And they were unable to do that. They kept tying, and it was not able to be done for 18 months. It was in, in flux until they decided to do this uh, co-joining of uh, leadership between two different groups, Gantz and Netanyahu. And they finally agreed this week, matter of fact, was the week that they fully established a government after 18 months of stalemate. Uh, all these elections in coming forward and and the best part about this election and, and whether you like Netanyahu or Gantz, either one uh, they both are conservative and they do have a, a right wing if you want to call that of the party which is for a strong Israel a strong Israel American relationship uh, there are liberal sects in that government that would not be uh, that way toward America and would not be that way toward a strong Israel. Uh, there are many that believe that the land should be torn apart and they have other, other ideas that can happen there. And so I think it stabilized something for us. And as we know, in the spiritual arena, I'm a pastor. As Israel goes, so goes the world. It's almost like they're the barometer of the world. And, and being unstable for that long, it's almost like you could watch the world be unstable. But now, I think as we look at them stabilizing, 
it's a beautiful picture of what can happen when people work together for the good. And, and I think ultimately, like I said, the, the movement is for a strong Israel uh, and for a strong conservative base. And it's amazing when you go to the land of Israel, this conservative base actually is coming mainly from people that have come and came from uh, communist countries. Wow. Uh, they, they lived under the oppression of Russia and Ukraine and even France now, the socialism. Uh, the largest uh, aliyah or people moving to Israel from other countries is France and Ukraine. And so those are the two top nations. And where are they coming from? Socialism, communism. They realize it doesn't work. So when they get to Israel, they are strong conservatives believing for, uh, you know, a strong capitalist government uh, economy, I should say, and a government that is strong on those values because they've seen it. When they look at us and America trying to turn to the left and go, so they go, what is wrong with, they said it to me, are you crazy? Don't you realize what you're going toward? So they fight for that there. And so that is a strong base that's in that nation right now. You know, Tim, uh, you described something that does occur here in this country as well. People coming from communist bloc countries tend to appreciate the freedom here in America much more than those of us who, um, you know, uh, have been uh, baptized in it and born into it. <laughs> Uh, all of our lives. With that said, let me ask you this. Uh, would love to have your commentary on this. We've got about 10 minutes left in, in the interview. I want to ask you this. Um, Israel is a nation, a very tiny nation. I've uh, pastored three churches in the 40 years, 42 years now that I've been preaching the gospel. Um, and before 1948, we're all aware that uh, some of the things contained in our preaching, uh, especially uh, when we're looking at prophecy and that type of thing, could not have been known by preachers preaching before 1948, uh, before Israel became a nation again. They're surrounded by their enemies. The Palestinians are a fact of life uh, there in that region of uh, the world. And uh, But talk to us as to why the Muslim countries will not give Palestine a state of their own. Why must they encroach upon that particular uh, portion of land? Or why do they not want Israel to exist? Talk to us about that. Yeah, and, and that's a great topic, CL. And, you know, this is obviously something that presidents have been talking about for, you know, since 1948, the battle that's going on. And prior to that, you know, the Arabs and the Jews got along well in the land. And, of course, when they declared their, their uh, independence, that's when the battle began. As you know, the Arab states were, are using the Palestinians as a pawn. We've talked about that in past shows. They are made-up people. They're not a real people, per se. They're refugees that are from the Middle East. And you see uh, Palestinians in Syria, and uh, Jordan is majority Palestinians, and even some of the other guys. And they are mistreated everywhere they are in the Arab world. Uh, ISIS punished the Palestinians in Syria during uh, their war with them. And it's so sad. You know, Arafat, who birthed him, if you want to say, you know, he's an Egyptian. He's not even, uh, quote, a Palestinian. Right. Either. He was run so, out. He was run out of Egypt. <laughs> absolutely. So it is a pawn. And I, you know, for me, and I've met Palestinian Christians and worked with some Palestinians. It's sad because they have no identity as a person you know the Arabs don't want them uh, you know they're 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 embattled in, in Israel themselves uh, so it's a very difficult place for them to be but we know you know if we look at the biblical 
background, Israel is always going to have a, an enemy, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they they are it. I mean, they are just the it, the thing. And of course, they're deceived. The way they train the Palestinian children in their schools to hate Jewish people, and and it's just a sad commentary. And the poverty that that many of the Palestinians are in is not a legitimate poverty. The world gives them multiple, multiple billions and billions of dollars of aid every year. And we know what that goes for, for terrorism. Uh, they pay their terrorist money if you do harm to a Jew, uh, things like that, where they're no longer using the money to help the people because they need a narrative. you got to understand a victim has to remain a victim yeah. because if they're not a victim, then the world won't pay attention to them and send them money. Yeah. So let's say that it gets balanced and their problem gets solved. Well, Europe says... Well, they don't need to send money then. They're no longer a victim anymore. So they have to keep the mentality of a victim in order to keep the world spotlight on them and to entrench uh, corrupt politicians in their place. And that is, I think, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and the government has done way beyond what they should have sometimes to try to reach out and work a peace deal. But let's let's face it, Abbas will not meet with, with the government of Israel. Right. Uh, so you're talking about any peace opportunities. Somebody's got to come to the table. Israel has offered many times to come to the table. So it is a political peace, but it also, I call it, it's a political religious peace as well. Because you got Islam uh, battle as well as a political, so they, they do it together. You know, there's radical Islam, but what happened in 9-11 America was political and religious entities working together and that's what you see there they entrench the people because religion will entrench an idea within people and then they add the political arm of it and it becomes very dangerous even in our own revolutionary war the brits uh, their greatest fear was pastors because pastors yeah. could empower people yeah and the people would fight against the british so they thought that we got to take care of those pastors because they're hurting us well the same thing in islam the imams rally the people they they put fire in them and then the political arm goes with it we saw that with roman catholicism in the middle ages as well so you'll see a political and religious identity and they're both dangerous when they work that way a dangerous freedom or a peaceful slavery those have always been the choices that Americans have had, Thomas Jefferson's words. And uh, let me say this to you, Tim. You have been fighting a very good fight. And uh, friends, I, I have to tell you that as far as uh, our person, my personal belief is concerned, you're either a friend or foe of Israel. Israel will always have enemies. As you heard Pastor Karskadden uh, say, Israel will always have enemies. Just make sure that you are not one of them. And uh, that's the best advice that I can give you. Tim, give your uh, website out again. And if we're inclined to help in any way, how can we do that? Thank you. I appreciate it. It's com, And uh, we have Facebook and YouTube uh, sites as well. But it, it'll track you from there to all those different sites. We appreciate you giving us that input. God bless you, man. God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Tim Carskatton, because you are. Thank you so much for being on with me. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you, C.L. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. And that was Tim Carskadden, Pastor Carskadden. And uh, I have to tell you folks something. I am always, always glad to have um, um, him on the show. Uh, American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee. He is one of the... Um, uh, on the one of the senior board members there, and um, 
certainly um, want to, and me, this is me talking, this is certainly something that I always want to support, and that is anyone who is a friend or a supporter of Israel. Uh, call me a, a troglodyte or whatever you want to call me, you can do that. I don't, it does not matter. I am just saying to you that uh, to be a friend of Israel, you don't have to be an enemy of anybody. But it seems as though um, uh, you want to make people who are friends of Israel's enemies of folks. We're not against the Palestinians. It's just questions that we have. Uh, and that is, uh, why is it that the Palestinians being Arabs um, and uh, the Arabs have all kinds of land surrounding the nation of Israel. I mean, that's who they're surrounded by. Their back is against the sea. And everything on all other sides, all the other three sides, are people who are their enemies. And we're talking governments here. Again, we're talking governments. The, the Arabs and the Jews um, got along just fine. Until... Arafat, Yasser Arafat, who is a, an Egyptian, who was run out of Egypt, as I said, uh, I was talking to Pastor Karsgadden, he was run out of Egypt. He founded what was to become known as the Palestinian Liberation Army, the PLO. Big deal back when I was growing up. Great resistance and all that. He even had American kids running off and becoming part of the PLO. Okay, it was a big deal, but it was a political thing that was started by an, a, an Egyptian reject and other rejects from Arab nations. And since they felt they could get some support from uh, their brothers in the Arab nations if they staked out a piece of property that the Jews had claimed they could get support in that claim. That's how all that really began. Arabs leaving their nations or being kicked out of their nations who decided that they would seize nation that does have a title deed. There, there's a deed to that property given to the Jews. It's, it's scripture. I'll talk more about it when I come back. In fact, I might uh, this week give you um, why that deed is good. If anybody can admit that Abraham lived, Isaac and Jacob lived, and that um, Ishmael is a son of Abraham as well, and if we can all agree that Jesus Christ was a historical figure as well as a biblical one, then you have your three religions, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's all there. I'll be back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high Our hearts are bowing in reverence CL back with you You know what? Won't be long We'll all be back in the saddle Everybody back in place The train's will run on time. Again, we must get back to that place where the trains run on time. Wouldn't that be great? I think so. Hey, listen, let's um, look at some of the top news stories here today. Of course, the president taking... Pardon me. The president taking hydroxychloroquine sulfate. Um, he admitted that. He's told everybody that he was doing it. And now the news media is sort of blowing it. Blowing it portion. Um, the president just wanted to be transparent. Uh, that's what uh, Kaylee was telling everybody. Uh, that's the president's um, press secretary. That's what he was. He was transparent. I think Kaylee's probably the best overall press secretary that, that he's had. I think I think she's good. She sort of reminds me of Dana Perino in a way. She really does. Um, let me emphasize strongly that any use of uh, hydrochloroquine has to be in consultation with your doctor. You just can't go out and get this stuff. Okay? Because the media, as as I told you, wants to paint this president in a bad light. Period. I don't care. If it was found that um, uh, hydrochloroquine Hydroxychloroquine actually cured cancer and could bring back loved ones who have lost their lives to cancer. Of course, you wouldn't want them to come back here. Uh, but uh, but just the same, and in Trump on Trump's and he was trying it himself. There's no question they'd find something wrong with it. The polls, as I told you a couple of days ago, the polls. There's nothing wrong with the opinion polls. The opinion polls are right. There's something wrong with you. Are you hearing me? 
there's something wrong with you. The opinion polls, they want you to believe that the opinion polls are, are right. The reason we're, we're having all this hype and this hoopla going on right now is because there is something, has to be something wrong with you. Let me emphasize strongly that, um, again, any use of hydroxychloroquine has to be administered because of the consultation you've had with your physician. Some of the misreporting on the uh, other networks, um, other than Fox, these analyses of uh, hydroxychloroquine ignore the fact that tens of millions of people around the world have used this drug for other purposes, including some people in my communications office who used it for malaria before traveling to other parts of the world. You, you do understand the type of hysteria that uh, the news media <clears throat> would like to drum up around this and have drummed up around this. And this is the type of stuff that causes people to say, oh, well, he's just stupid. He just ignores science. And that's an absolute lie. And you have been brainwashed if you believe that. And, and I'm not saying that as a, as a, uh, a, a pundit. I'm not. I'm saying it as an American citizen. To another American citizen, if you somehow think that the President of the United States is somehow wanting to do something nefariously wrong to the American people, you are mistaken. You are absolutely wrong. No, it, um, <clears throat> it is people who want to keep up the American ire against this president that want to do this nation harm. When you have a Speaker of the House who will uh, allow herself to be visibly, <clears throat> publicly, uh, nationwide, coast-to-coast -coast seen ripping up the speech of a president of the United States who has just delivered the State of the Union address. When you see that type of contempt for an American leader by a Speaker of the House, it's not the person who gave the speech we have to be concerned about. It's the person who is so deranged that they would tear up on public TV, make a total ASS out of themselves. <clears throat> what can I say? It, it, it you know, total out of herself. And 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 I'm I'm one of the people who um, gave Pelosi props for being such a. Uh, dynamite uh, spot on fierce politician do you know what it takes to be a woman in D.C. 
and kick men off of the political king hill to become a political kingpin yourself. And not only that, you become the only Speaker of the House in American history to have left the office and regained the office. That's Pelosi. But I am telling you, she is imploding. <laughs> and it's going to be downright, <clears throat> I think, dangerous. These last, these last six months leading up to uh, uh, this presidential election with Joe Biden fading like he's fading... Joe's just not up to the task. He's just not. They're going to have to admit that. He's not up to the task. Every week, Joe seems to sink a little bit more. He's not up for it. You know, and you know, who knows what we'll be up for when we're 76, 77 years old. Who knows? I intend to be up for whatever I'm up for right now. And I'm up for everything. <laughs> right now. I sure am, but who knows what, uh, you know, 15 years, 20 years will bring. Who knows what that will bring. So, you, friends, pay attention because it's going to be some dangerous times, dangerous times coming up here real soon. Their time is short. The Democrats, <clears throat> their time is short and uh, they they have to do, they have to pull out all stops all stops if they want to have any chance two two objectives for them one hold on to the House of Representatives as far as numbers are concerned. Hold on to it so that Pelosi holds on to the gavel. That is the main objective. I don't believe that they think they have anyone who will be able to defeat Donald John Trump as far as President of the United States is concerned, but if they can keep his appointments stymied, if they can keep him handcuffed, at least with his hands handcuffed in front of him, because, I mean, he still has, you can still maneuver with your handcuffs if your hands are handcuffed in front of you, but if, if, if they, if she gets another uh, round as Speaker of the House and we maintain the Senate, they maintain the House, you're going to have exactly more of the same. And friends, you know how frustrating this has been. We don't want this. Vote them out. And let's um, see if our way of doing things can bring us back to prosperity and sanity because that's where we need to be. 
we need to be back to a place of prosperity and sanity as Americans. The way we're living it right now will ensure our economic failure and it will drive us as a people out of our minds. We will lose it. Um, we will start to harm one another. We've seen that on a uh, scale that has uh, grown over the last two and a half months when we talk about domestic abuse, spousal, and child abuse have risen. Emotional reactions have risen like um, being anxious, suicidal to a point where the act itself the numbers on it has risen as far as suicide is concerned. <clears throat> Restrictions are something Americans just don't cut into. Um, import Importing cattle. Um, I know that we deal with other people, other countries, as far as, you know, cattle is concerned and bringing their meat here and sending our meat to them. But the president has a point when he asks the question, why are we doing that? We don't have to do that. We have so much of our own cattle that uh, we we don't need to import anybody's beef here but it's because we, we they're our allies and we you know do business with them we give them some of their wires but as far as beef is concerned hey that's what's for supper yeah in fact uh, I'm tempted big time tempted to um, <clears throat> move on back. It just depends on how things go. Move on back down to the farm. <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could live down there without Jane, but um, I don't know if I could live down there, period, uh, because that's just too many, too many memories. But we have our own beef, and the president is saying... Um, U.S. should consider ending cattle import deals. Now, of course, there are people who are going to uh, say he's nuts and all of that, but he said, I read yesterday, where we take some cattle in from other countries, we have trade deals. I think you should look at terminating those deals. We have a lot of cattle <clears throat> in this country. We have more than enough to feed them, feed ourselves. Mexico uh, exports more than a million cows across the border e each year. And they become part of uh, the beef supply here in America. In fact, um, oh, yeah, and Walmart, for sure. Yeah, Walmart, you can get a, that's what you're getting. Most likely, if you're eating beef, you're eating beef from Mexico. Um, unless it's... I don't know, something else. Uh, tr <laughs> uh, Trump made the, uh, the comments at the White House uh, event. Uh, 
held uh, to discuss how the $19 billion in coronavirus relief approved uh, by Congress to help farmers will be distributed. Farmers are making a comeback. And <clears throat> it's because of the farmer. And we should never forget this. It's because of the farmer that uh, we can uh, we eat. Farmers actually make cities possible. You, you, you see, if farmers didn't farm massively, people would have to live where they can grow food themselves. Farmers make cities possible because they grow the food and then it's trucked into the cities where people are fed, who work in industry and offices and do city stuff. And uh, listen, I heard people making fun of a uh, Southern boy's uh, accent there, and the president had him talk. The president even liked his accent. Southerners, that's who we are. I'm a Southerner. I have an accent. And, but I'm afraid that so many times when we think about Southerners and Southern people, we think about the things that we have been indoctrinated with on television. So, therefore, you're thinking about a person's grandfather, and they're not that person. They have none of their ways. They did it, however, uh, inherit, as I inherited my speech pattern from my ancestors. People do that. It's the way you inherited yours. You may be a Yankee, and that's one of the things I've always had uh, an angst with, with my Yankee friends, is that somehow you guys always think somehow the way you talk is the right way to talk. No, we were... We were talking like this, I think, long before you, while you guys were talking uh, like people up in New England, up in uh, Vermont, Vermont. Yeah, we were talking like this while y'all were talking like that. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> we're all Americans. We're in this together. That's my point. And uh, to see it sickens me to see uh, a Speaker of the House or any American uh, want to see the President of the United States fail or look bad. I'm always against that person. Never will be for. Um, I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryan Show in just a few minutes. Home stretch of today's show. Um, I have some decisions to make, folks, about where I'm going to live in this country. Got to go back to Shreveport, um, Louisiana. It's opening up. And I uh, have the memorial service of my wife, Jane, there in Shreveport, Louisiana. And um, I'll keep you all posted on how that is coming about and how um, you can be with us on the day that we'll have the memorial. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryan Show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Um, well, I want to uh, close out the show. I want to do the home stretch here. I want to close the show today uh, looking at Senator Lindsey Graham. He has set the vote to subpoena big names, including James Comey and Mr. Clapper. Oh, yeah. James Comey and James Clapper, XBI Deputy Director, uh, National Intelligence uh, well, here are the names. Uh, Comey, Clapper, McCabe, and Brennan. Now, that's going to be fun. Brennan's going to be a lot of fun, director of the CIA. Uh, also on the Graham's list is former FBI lawyer Lisa Page, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, Fired FBI agent, and he's a star player, Peter Strokes. And there's 45 others. Oh, you think that uh, the little uh, sideshow that Pelosi tried to put on to discredit Trump and the, the, the hoax, the farce that she put on, do you think that that was drama? Oh, you ain't horny. Huh? Huh? I'll soon. In fact, I'm going to take some, a trip down to southern Louisiana here real soon. Not just Shreveport, not just Louisiana. I'm going to take on a trip on down to southern Louisiana. Be down there where they say, honey, uh, you better not believe that. <laughs> oh, I miss, my, I miss my Louisiana folks. It's beautiful up here in Colorado, but I miss my Louisiana folks. The flavor. There's no flavor like it. So... Nothing like the South. But here, Lindsey Graham is bringing them in. Lindsey said he would. There was a time not too long ago when I didn't know. I kind of, I, you know, wasn't too sure that Lindsey was going to follow through on all that. I wasn't, I wasn't really sure if he was going to do that. But... He is uh, proving to be, in this case, a man of his word. Yeah, former President Barack Obama is not on Graham's list, okay? 
Now, President Donald Trump had urged Graham to call Obama to testify, but Graham, he rejected that pitch. He decided not to do that. And I'm kind of glad he did, <clears throat> you know, because that becomes personal. Trump and Obama have um, been jousting back and forth. So if they want to do that, let them do that. But let's not destroy the presidency of the United States. Unless, and this won't destroy it, it'll only strengthen it. Unless there were gross uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. Unless there were high crimes and misdemeanors um, committed. And so that's what didn't happen with President Trump. There, there were no high crimes. There were no high misdemeanors. It, there, were, there, there was no there there. But what maybe, and, and hey, you know, if you put enough pressure on some of these names that I have mentioned, if you put enough pressure on them, you may not have to call Obama. They may roll, implicate Obama themselves. Are you hearing me? If Graham and those on his committee, yeah, which do include uh, my good friend from Ohio, Jim Jordan. <laughs> if they are able to put enough heat on some of these folks, if there's any flipping to be done, if there is any rolling over <clears throat> to be done on Obama to save their behinds, they're going to roll. Unless, of course, they get paid. Then they won't roll. You don't roll if you get paid to shut up. You go ahead and you do the time. And um, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. This, this is about to jump off big time. Uh, Graham noting U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation of the um, <clears throat> Russian matter. You know, is very, very important. Very important. And this is what I'm talking about. When um, Durham's investigation of the Russian inquiry has said he wanted to avoid interfering in an ongoing criminal matter. But check this out. The examiner said the subpoenas would cover documents and communications referenced in uh, and testimony at a hearing or deposition of any individual named or identified by pseudonym in a December report by the Justice Department's Inspector Generals. There are people 
who are about to be uncovered, who were being referred to as something else. But in this subpoena, it appears uh, that we would be wanting to look at documents that would cover the communications with those people who were using pseudonyms, other names. This is going to get, and, and, and even though Graham's list of people he wants to call does not include President Obama, the people that he's calling, I am telling you, if you put enough heat on them, they will roll over on El Presidente. They'll roll over on President Obama. Deception, disaster, disease. What could possibly happen so swiftly in a world, on a globe, that has at least 200 different types of governments? <clears throat> that function on the face of this planet. What could occur that would make all of those nations find it necessary, find it um, important to create a one world type of unity in the way things are done. My goodness, what's going on? Is the place burning down? <laughs> Is Denver on fire? It's prone to do that. Nothing shouldn't be joking. Wildfires, wildfire season up this way. But through all the deception, the disaster and the diseases. Are there truly people who would want to use this time of crisis as a way to advance their political football? They, they're not going to let this crisis go to waste. One side you see firmly trying and certainly trying to help and assist the American people. The other side trying to make political points. Oh, you can decide, you can determine which side you want to uh, take that on. Hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty, and here in the year twenty twenty, you have to have some vision. The year we are able to see clearly in hindsight is supposed to be twenty twenty. You can see clearly. Uh, we're beginning to see some things clearly. We're seeing the gains that have been played and have been run on the American people. And guess what? There have been people running games on the American president. Are you hearing me? It, it, that's what's coming cl crystal clear in our 2020 vision here in the year 2020. We are seeing clearly we got 2020 vision that in so many cases we are being deceived. And guess what? Black folks, understand me. Hear me, please hear me well. You have been deceived for the longest. 
in this political game. You are going to come home to your first home in America politically. It was not the Democrat Party. It was the Republican Party. It's time now for you to understand your own story and come home to your original party of the black man in America, the Republican Party. I am predicting, even in the midst of this disease, this disaster, and um, this deception that has been going on, I am convinced that Donald John Trump is going to win re-election by landslide. I'm doing all I can to help. You, know, you can become a part of a movement, Black Voices for Trump. I'm a founding advisory member, a board member of um, Black Voices for Trump. Become a part of that. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Black Voices for Trump. On Twitter is Black Voices, the number four, Trump. And, of course, you follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V-C-L Bryant, at Rev, R-E-V-C-L Bryant. In order for evil to prevail, my friends, all that's necessary is for people of good intentions and goodwill not to just stand by. <laughs> Watch. That's all that's necessary. You do nothing. But you are doing something. Yeah. You are doing something. And if you understand what I was pushing across to you on yesterday, and I want to push this across to you again uh, in, the, in the final seconds, understand this. The most important days of your life is the day that you are born and the day that you find out why. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the nation who defend, around the globe, who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and may God bless and keep you all. <laughs>